Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Back when we started in on the story of Nehemiah, I gave you an illustration from my life. Years and years ago, we were living in a row house in downtown. It was a hot August night at 2 a.m. See, all our bedrooms were upstairs, so that means that Corinne and newborn baby Emma, Lucas and Tori were all upstairs. I wasn't. I was downstairs looking for some cold air because I couldn't sleep. So it's the middle of the night, but at some point, somebody broke our kitchen screen and started to climb into our house. I told you back then, and I'll repeat right now, that my response was urgent and immediate. Why? Because the people upstairs really, really matter to me. What I want to suggest to you is that when we look around the world here in October of 2020, there's parts of our world that are every bit as broken as that kitchen screen in that row house downtown on that hot August night many years ago. And our response as Christ followers needs to be urgent and immediate. Because here's the thing, the people in this world, the people in your city, the people in your family, the people in your church, the people in your small group, the people at school, the people that you work with, God really loves them. They really matter to Jesus and therefore should really, really matter to us. So we've been saying that it's rebuilding time. And we looked at the rebuilding story of Nehemiah out of the Bible, looking to apply principles from his life to our life. And I want to tell you, we've hit the final stretch of the study of Nehemiah. We're in chapter 13, the last chapter of the book of Nehemiah. And I'm going to warn you up front, it doesn't have what I would call a classic happy ending, which is unfortunate in a way. I remember uh, a few years back, I self-appointed me to be the movie selector for the Manus family uh, movie nights. Like, no one voted, no one appointed me. I I appointed myself to be the movie selector, and I took it really, really seriously. I would do, like, a lot of research and a lot of study, and when I tried to pick a movie for a Manus family movie night, I would kind of go with two criteria. Number one, it needed to be critically acclaimed. Number two, it needed to be family-friendly. It's more difficult than you think to find movies that fit those two criteria, but I did. And, And for about four or five movies in a row, I was lighting it up. I was picking these great, great movies. Okay, okay, that's not exactly true. To tell you the honest truth, like right smack dab in the middle of those four or five really good movies, I did pick one movie called Shaun the Sheep. Okay, so Shaun the Sheep is an animated movie with no talking that my family shut off after about 15 minutes and still make fun of me about to this day. Okay, so let's just, let's just remove Shaun the Sheep from the equation for a second, okay? So other than that, though, I was nailing it. But the one thing about all these really, really good movies that I was picking, tragic endings. Tragic to the point that when the movie was over, I would look around the room and everybody, you could tell that they had been crying, even my four sons. So at some point, I think it was Tori and Emma, and they came to me and they said, uh, Dad, you can't pick movies for the Manus Family movie night anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Like, I'm on a roll. I picked so many good movies in a row other than Shaun the Sheep. Okay, so let's remove Shaun the Sheep for a second. We don't need to talk about that. But other than that, I've been nailing it. And, and, and I think Tori said to me, Dad, sometimes on a Friday movie night, we're just looking to be entertained. We don't want to be emotionally traumatized. And actually, she had a point. I remember back in 2018, I was so excited about this movie, The Avengers Infinity War. Maybe you were too, and and, and I got in the theater. It was a great movie, and you get to the very end of the movie. and, And I would say, like, I don't know, maybe the most lovable character in the entire movie, little Peter Parker, right? Little, AKA Spider Man. 
and everybody's starting to disappear, but Peter Parker is still there, and you're like, oh man, at least, at least Peter Parker's there, and he looks over at Iron Man, and he says, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And then he says, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I'm sorry, and he was gone. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, that's the way this movie is going to end? I'm emotionally traumatized, and I know that there's a sequel coming, but that's 12 months away. So what I would like to do is I would like to sit up here today and tell you, you know what? Here's how Nehemiah happened. He went 1,200 kilometers from Susa to Jerusalem. He gathered a team. He rebuilt the walls. Then he gathered all the people together, and he said, behind these beautiful walls, we can build beautiful lives. And they made three covenants to God, and everybody lived happily ever after. But that's not the way it happened. So let's pick up the story in Nehemiah chapter 13, starting at verse 6. Nehemiah says this, I was not in Jerusalem, for in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I'd returned to the king. Sometime later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. Here I learned about the evil thing that Eliashab had done in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God. I was greatly displeased and threw all Tobiah's household goods out of the room. I gave orders to purify the rooms, and then I put back into them the equipment of the house of God with the grain offerings and the incense. So maybe you're wondering, who's Tobiah? And look, if you're, if you're joining us for the first time, first of all, can I say that? If you're joining us for the first time, that is so cool. And I honestly don't think you could have picked a better week to join us for the first time. It's going to be great. But, but if you don't know who Tobiah is, let me just fill you in a little bit. Tobiah is one of the two arch enemies of the Jewish people in Jerusalem. It was Sanballat and Tobiah. Sanballat was the governor of Samaria, and they, they wanted the Jewish people in Jerusalem to be downtrodden. They, they wanted the walls to be down so that they can continue to run roughshod over them. And so they opposed the rebuilding of the wall at every turn. And Nehemiah leaves and comes back, and guess what, guess what the people have done? They've invited Tobiah to move into the city, to move into the courts of the, uh, of the house of God. And you say to yourself, how in the world could they have done that? That's crazy. I want to tell you, I, I, I think that their story points out a tendency that you and I have also, a temptation that you and I, I have also. And that temptation, that tendency, is a tendency to drift. And I want to talk about that over the next few weeks. See, what I want to suggest to you is that when people like you and people like me, when we start to drift through life, when we allow life to happen to us, we always end up moving from a place of rebuilding to a place of destruction every time. That when we drift through life, when we allow life to happen to us, what always happens is we drift from a place of rebuilding to a place of destruction. Like, do you remember in the early days when, 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 when the Jewish people uh, were rebuilding those walls? Nehemiah said that they would build with one hand and they had a sword in the other hand. And I would call that sword, maybe let's call that the sword of discernment. Because today I want to talk about how our discernment can drift. So they had this sword of discernment because the walls were leveled. And because the walls were rubble, their, their lives were endangered. And they were vulnerable and they were afraid. So they had this sort of discernment in their hands. And, 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 and if somebody, if something, if anything came their way, they would instantly decide, is, is, is this anything, is this someone um, going to move us towards rebuilding or towards destruction? 
they, they carry the sword of discernment. But over time, they put the sword down. And the next thing you know, they're inviting Tobiah to move in. I, I think you and I can relate to some degree. There was a time for you and there was a time for me when we, we knew that we needed Jesus' help in our lives. If you're anything like me, you can look back at a time in your life when you hit rock bottom. Right, that, that your life was kind of as, as broken down as those walls of Jerusalem before Nehemiah showed up. And you called out to Jesus and Jesus saved you and then together you and Jesus began to rebuild your life. And in those early days, in those early weeks, in those early months, maybe, it, maybe in those early years for you, Man, you had no tolerance. You, you, you picked up the sword of discernment and you looked at everything that came your way and you said this, if this, if this thing, if this person, if this activity does not lead me towards rebuilding, I want no part of it because I don't want to go back to where I was. But what can happen over time is just like the people of Jerusalem 2,500 years ago, we can put that sword of discernment down and we can relax. And then what happens is we start to drift. And let me repeat to you again. When we drift through life, when we allow life to happen to us, we always move from a place of rebuilding to a place of destruction. And what I want to suggest to you is that uh, it's a really, really pivotal time for us to have this discussion. I want to go as far as to say, I can't think of a more important time in your entire life for you to pick up the sword of discernment. Because it's rebuilding time. A couple months ago, one of the overseers at this church George Franco called me and he said, Mike, we got to be really, really aware. Near the end of 2020 and, in, 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 and moving into 2021, we're going to have an entire culture going through collective PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And we're going to have a world that's looking for hope and looking for help and looking for strength and looking for rebuilding. And the opportunity that we have as the church of Jesus Christ, Christ has never been greater to bring hope, to bring help, to bring strength, to bring rebuilding. But let me tell you something that maybe you already know. We have a spiritual enemy named the devil. And the truth is, listen, the truth is he prefers destruction to rebuilding. He prefers despair to hope. He prefers darkness to light. And so this is what I've been watching. Honestly, I got to be really truthful with you. It is tearing me up inside to watch what's happening to Christ followers all over the place. Over the last six weeks, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that the enemy is coming after people like you and people like me. And here's why. Because if we're gonna help bring rebuilding to the world, there needs to be rebuilding happening inside of us. And what I'm watching is I'm watching the tendency that people have to drift, the temptation that people have to drift. And they're not drifting towards rebuilding, they're drifting towards destruction. And what I wanna do is maybe this is a spiritual call to arms. What I'm asking you right now is I'm asking you right now to pick up the sword of discernment. Because what I'm seeing is I'm seeing people that get to drift. They don't wake up one day and say, man, I'm gonna sell out. I'm gonna throw it all away. I'm gonna destroy my life in one moment. But what happens is when we start to drift, we're moving away from rebuilding and towards destruction. So today is the, is the day. Now is the time to pick up the sword of discernment. Because here's the thing. You don't have to be perfect. But right now, the world needs help in rebuilding. And if rebuilding is happening inside of you, you're going to be able to extend that help to rebuild others. And the stakes are so high. Because we have an opportunity to bring help right now. And, and, and the Bible teaches that when we bring help, we are helped. 
we have an opportunity to bring hope right now. And the Bible teaches that when we bring hope, we're filled with hope. We, we, we have an opportunity to bring strength right now. And the Bible teaches that when we bring strength, we get stronger. We have an opportunity to, to, to bring rebuilding right now. And as we bring rebuilding, we will be rebuilt. But if we don't have it, we can't share it. So I want to ask you right now today, right now, right now, I don't know what yesterday looked like. I don't know what last week looked like. But right now, what I'm asking is, would you pick up the sword of discernment? Because the enemy's coming after you. And what he wants you to do is he wants you to drift so that you're no help to anyone. And today is the day that we stop drifting. Today is the day that we get intentional. So I want to ask you some really pointed questions. Have you been drifting? Have you been drifting to a place that you know that you shouldn't be? Maybe it's an establishment that sells stuff that you shouldn't be buying. Maybe it's a neighborhood. Maybe it's a city. Remember back in the day when we could actually travel? And, and, and Las Vegas had this ad, and the ad said, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Isn't that heartbreaking? What, what a heartbreaking tagline. It's so heartbreaking because we all know that it's not true. That the seeds of destruction that you planted in Vegas come home with you. Or maybe for you, it's not a place, it's a platform. You know how many times you touch your cell phone every day? You touch your cell phone 2,500 times a day. That's a lot of times. And what I want to suggest to you is that the majority of the times that you pick up your cell phone uh, or touch your cell phone, it's just because your hand drifted there. And a majority of the times that your hand drifts to your cell phone, uh, your cell phone drifts to social media. And I want to ask you something really, really important right now. I just want to ask you, what's your plan? What is your plan for social media? What are you doing there? What do you want to achieve there? You must have an answer. Don't just drift. Don't just drift onto social media because here's what you already know, that, it, that prolonged exposure to social media will raise your level of anxiety, depression, insecurity, and anger every time. So what's your plan? Don't just drift. Now is the time. Now is the day. I'm serious. Now is the day that we pick up the sword of discernment and we decide that we're not going to drift anymore. The stakes are way too high. Listen to me. It's rebuilding time. And guess what? It starts inside of me and it starts inside of you. Or maybe for you, it's not a place or a platform. Maybe it's a hurt that you need to deal with. Like something happened in your life and I wish it never would have happened, but it did and you haven't been dealing with it. You're trying to drift right past it. And the truth is, and you know this, that you've been self-medicating, or you've been numbing, or you've been compensating, and those aren't effective ways to deal with it. You need to deal with it. You need to stop drifting. Or maybe you've been drifting back into a habit or an addiction that you thought you left behind. And there was a time, right? There was a time when you said, I'm never gonna drink that again. I'm never gonna smoke that again. I'm never gonna take that again. I'm never gonna watch that again because I know where it leads, but suddenly over time, no one wakes up one morning and says, I'm gonna throw it all away. But you start to drift. And what I'm asking you right now, would you pick up the sword of discernment today? Let's move towards rebuilding. It's rebuilding time and it starts inside of me. It starts inside of you. Or maybe for you, it's a person a person that's just dragging you down. And I'm not saying that a person who insults you or says bad things about you, that could be part of it. But I'm wondering if you've been drifting towards a person, maybe you're bored, maybe you're lonely, but you've been drifting towards a person that leads you into moments of regret, into moments of shame, into moments of compromise. 
and what I want to say is today is the day. Now is the time to pick up the sword of discernment. The stakes are way too high. It's rebuilding time. Listen to me. We'll never have an opportunity like this again. It's rebuilding time. It has got to start inside of me. It's got to start inside of you. And I just want to implore you, wherever you are, in the Fraser Valley, in California, in Spain, in the Philippines, in France, wherever you are, today is the day. The stakes are high. The opportunity is incredible. And as we step out and we are a blessing to this world, guess what? We'll be blessed in unimaginable ways. That when we step out, we bring strength to the world that needs it. We'll find ourselves stronger in ways that we couldn't imagine. When we rebuild, we will be rebuilt. But it starts inside of me. And this is the moment. So man, if there's a person in your life and you've been drifting towards them and they're they're leading you places that you know you don't want to go, it's time to stop drifting. You say, well, Mike, wait a minute. Are Are you saying that we need to judge? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm saying we need to judge. So doesn't Jesus say we shouldn't judge? Well, let me read it for you because Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter seven. He says this, don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures. Don't criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment, that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. So in other words, don't be an idiot. Don't label people. Don't group people. Don't condemn people. Don't look down on people. Don't think that you're the one that has to decide whether someone is a success or a failure, whether they're good or bad. But you better believe... It is so important for me to tell you that you need to discern who are the people that are bringing the best out of you. The stakes are so incredibly high. It's rebuilding time and it's got to start inside of me and it's got to start inside of you. That's the way it works. I love how Hebrews 10, 23 says, it says this, let's hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promises faithful. You know, I grew up in central Alberta and uh, around Red Deer, and there's a ton of gravel roads all over the place in central Alberta. And those suckers are dangerous, especially when they've been freshly graded or a little bit of new gravel has been placed on the top. And I just remember growing up every summer that we would hear of a tragic accident that happened on one of those gravel roads. And it was almost always the same. It was a young kid, 16, 17, 18 years old, and he was heading down that gravel road. And I mean, he was going 100, 120, 140, 150 kilometers an hour. And when you're doing that, it's all good as long as you are going exactly straight. But when you start to drift on one of those gravel roads and then you start to compensate and overcompensate, the next thing that'll happen, listen, your orientation turns perpendicular to, the, to your direction. In other words, you're supposed to be going that way, but your vehicle is turned this way. And what happens next is, well, you crash, you roll. And here's what's crazy. In all of those years, of hearing about all those tragic stories, you know what I never once heard? Now, I'm not saying it never happened, but you know what I never heard once? I never heard once. Some dude was driving by himself in his pickup truck, and he rolled it. Some young woman was driving in her car, and she rolled it all by herself. Never once. There was always a carload of people. And what I want to say to you is I want to say that when, 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 when God has called you to this direction, and you start to aim in a perpendicular fashion, 
it's not just you that's going to get hurt. You're going to take a whole carload of people with you. See, we talk about, hey, the world really needs you. Can I tell you who the world is? The, the world starts with those who are closest to you. If you're single, the world, are you, the, the, the world starts with your best friends, your family, your nieces and your nephews. If you're married, the world starts with your spouse and your kids and your parents. And, and, and the problem is, is when we start to drift, it's not just us. We take a whole carload of people with us. So when you drift to the wrong place, we say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Here's the problem. We know that's not true. So the seeds of destruction that you plant, you bring home with you. And you pass on to the people who are closest to you. You bring a whole carload with you. Or, or, or when you spend time on social media because you don't have a plan and you don't know what you're doing, you just drift onto social media and it feeds your insecurity. Can I talk about that for a second? Can, can we all understand that insecurity is just a mirror image of pride? It's just another form of self-absorption. You know what the world doesn't need right now? Honestly, in 2020, moving towards 2021, you know what the world really doesn't need right now? More self-absorbed people that are walking around going, what about me? Instead of how can I help? Got a whole world full of people asking, what about me? Instead of how can I help? Or, or, or you spend time on social media because you have no plan. It just feeds your jealousy. Right? And, and, and jealousy is, of course, based on that whole scarcity lie that says there's only a certain amount of good stuff to go around, so I've got to resent everybody else that has something good happen to them. Can I, can I tell you this? Do you think the people in your life benefit from your insecurity and from your jealousy? Or do you think they're hurt by it? And speaking of that, maybe it's that hurt that you haven't dealt with. There, there's a heartbreaking aspect to it because I wish it wouldn't have happened, but it did and you're trying to drift past it. Or maybe there was a time that you did deal with it, but you know deep down inside that you haven't completely dealt with it, and there's a scar there, and it's a problem. And, and, and maybe you're self-medicating, and maybe you're numbing, or maybe you're compensating. Can I tell you the heartbreaking aspect of compensating? See, when you compensate for that hurt that's deep down inside of you, you look for other reasons to blame your dissatisfaction or your misery in your life on. And, and, and often, who do you blame? the people closest to you. And so they're walking around their life and they're wondering, what is wrong with me? Why can't I help this person? Why is it never good enough? And of course, you've never told them this, but it has nothing to do with them. It's that hurt that you won't deal with. See, when you decide that you're gonna drift through life and drift past that hurt, you're taking a whole carload with you. And I wanna ask you today, is today the day that we take up the sword of discernment? If not now, when? Or maybe there's that habit, that addiction that you're drifting back towards. See, here's the problem. There was a time that you said, man, I'm never drinking that again. I'm, ne I'm never using that. I'm never watching that again. But, but now you're drifting back there. And do you remember? Do you remember when that thing reached its apex in your life? It controlled you. And, and, and the tragedy of that is the people in your life, do you know who they really need? Do you know who the people in your life really, really, really need? You know who they're depending on? You know why God placed you in their lives? Because they really, really, really need you. And you're not you because you're not controlling you. Right now they say in 2020, pornography addiction has exploded. And, and whether you're a man or woman dealing with pornography addiction, I just want to talk to you just for a second. 
I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to moralize with you. I'm not going to talk about the fact that the pornography industry is based on addiction, abduction, abuse, and bondage, but it is. And I'm not going to talk all physiological with you and tell you that pornography actually Fs up your head chemically and, 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 the, uh, and, and, and the patterns in your brain get screwed up. But they do. I just want to talk spiritual with you for a second. See, I think your prolonged um, exposure to pornography, what it does is it makes you uh, more about lust and less about love. More about get and less about give. So in other words, it's feeding this uh, society that says, what's in it for me? And said, how can I help? And it's, 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 it's making you more discontent instead of more grateful. And the world is depending on you to take hold of your sword of discernment and say, not anymore. I'm not drifting towards destruction anymore. I'm drifting towards rebuilding because this is my moment. Because this is your moment. It's rebuilding time. And it starts inside of you and it starts inside of me. Or maybe it's that person that when you spend time with them, you know that you're drifting away from where you want to be. And I, I told you earlier, it's tearing me up inside over these last six weeks to watch so many people in my life that are just drifting. And honestly, for a lot of them, the story is people who are dating and one cheats on the other. People who are engaged and one cheats on the other. People who are married and one cheats on the other. And I want to tell you what's so tragic about that. It's just like, that, that, that time that you're spending flirting with a person that you're not dating or you're not engaged to or you're not married to, that time that you're spending, that, that you're looking forward to be with that time, be with that person, that time could be spent having a serious conversation with your spouse and saying, man, I need help. Something's not right. And the creativity and the energy that you're putting in um, to your relationship with that person, and you could be putting that into making your marriage amazing. The problem is when you drift in that area, you know this. It's not just you, man. You're taking a whole carload with you. And now is the moment the stakes couldn't be higher. It's rebuilding time. And we know this. It starts inside of you and it starts inside of me. I just want to read the next verse of Hebrews 10. It says this, Let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So spur is an equestrian term, right? It's to use discomfort to correct our course. And I just want to talk for a second about what I think spurring isn't. See, I, I think spurring isn't when we get this sense where we think that we need to find someone in our life who will yell at us, who will follow us around and try to catch us doing something wrong. I've watched that, right? I've watched that, uh, I've watched that fail. Where you have somebody who says that they want to stop their porn addiction, and they find somebody, but, 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 but the thing is, they don't really want to. They don't really, really want to. But to get someone else off their back or to think that they're doing something, they find somebody, they call that person their accountability partner. And now their accountability partner chases them around trying to find them doing something wrong. And what happens is it ends up being this hide-and-go-seek relationship where the one person is trying to get away with doing something wrong and the other person is chasing them around trying to catch him. It's weird. And it's so ineffective and it doesn't work. So here's my question for you. Are you spurable? Are you spurable? See, because I think what's really important today, if we're going to like uh, say the time is now and I'm going to pick up the sword of discernment, each one of us needs to look in the mirror and say, man, I have a temptation. I have a tendency in my life to drift. And when I drift, I move from uh, rebuilding to destruction. And, and, and to go to somebody, one person, maybe two people, and say, this is 
real me. This is real me. I'm not hiding. It's the opposite of hide and go seek. It's like, this is me. This is actually my story. This is, these are my hopes and dreams. This is, you know, this is what I'm thinking. These, these are the decisions that I'm making. And what happens is they in turn come to you and say, well, this is real me. And there's this beautiful, real relationships that happens. And, and then you pray for one another and you encourage one another and you give wisdom to one another. Yeah, and once in a while you do spur one another. You say, look, I don't really like that idea. I think we can do this different. But the goal is not hide and go seek. The goal is to move towards rebuilding inside of me so that I can be part of a solution that, uh, in a world that desperately needs hope and help and strength and rebuilding. So I want to give you an invitation today. I want to be real careful to explain this properly. We're launching a program at Southside called Freedom Session. And we're going to have an online version so you can sign up wherever you're at and we're going to have an in-person experience for those of you who are local in the Fraser Valley here. And what Freedom Session is, it's the ability to come to a point in our life where we stop asking the question, why me? And start asking the question, what now? What now? In other words, it's, it's a God-powered journey with the support of other people where we look back at the chapters that have already been written in our lives and deal with them and then move forward and make a decision that the chapters that come from here on out are going to be chapters of hope and chapters of strength and chapters of freedom and chapters of rebuilding. So I want you just to take a second and ask yourself right now, have you been drifting? Do you find yourself with a tendency or a temptation right now to drift? And maybe you're drifting to a place that you know doesn't bring out the best in you. Maybe you, your hand keeps drifting for your phone and you keep drip, drifting onto social media and it's not bringing out the best in you. Maybe it's a hurt that you just haven't dealt with. And the problem is there's, there's, there, there, there's other people being hurt by your compensation, by your self-medication. Or maybe it's a habit or an addiction. There's, there's, there, there's something that you swore you wouldn't do again. There's, some, there's a substance that you swore you wouldn't take again, but you're moving back towards that. And today is the day to say, no, I'm moving towards rebuilding. Or maybe it's a person. Maybe there's a person in your life that's just, they, maybe you're lonely Maybe you're bored and you've just been drifting towards that person that doesn't bring the best out in you. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know I want to ask you, man, can today be the day? The stakes are so high. The world desperately needs hope. The world desperately needs help and strength and rebuilding. And we have the opportunity to give it to them. So I'm asking you to just to take a second right now. And if you're, if you're feeling like you could use a little bit of support, which honestly, isn't that almost all of us? I would ask you to, to text 604-670-3040 and just text the keyword free, free. 604-670-3040, text the keyword free. We're going to jump in right away. We're going to get started. Or, or if you don't want to text that number, email me, mike at southsidelife.com. You can email me just the keyword free. You can tell me a little bit about your story, man. I, I, I want to cheer you on. I want, us to, I, want, I want us to help each other because here's the thing, it's rebuilding time and it starts inside of you and it starts inside of me. It's really amazing how that passage ends. It says we need to spur each other on towards love and good deeds. That's so awesome because love is the most powerful force in the universe, isn't it? It, it was love that sent Jesus to the cross. It was love that brought Jesus out of the empty tomb. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way, Darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And in the same way, hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. 
the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and he described love. And wouldn't, you, wouldn't, wouldn't it be amazing to have our lives look a little bit like this, that love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy and it doesn't boast. It's not rude, proud, or self-seeking. It's not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrong. That love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's amazing. The Apostle John said it this way, perfect love dries out fear. And we, we live in one of the most fearful moments of human history right now. And we have an opportunity to bring love to the equation. It's rebuilding time and it starts inside of me and it starts inside of you because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. This is it. This is our opportunity. And we spur each other on not only towards love, but to love and good deeds. That's a funny statement, right? Good deeds. It sounds like a Boy Scout thing, doesn't it? Like if I do enough good deeds, if I help an old lady across the street, I'll get a badge and that'll be awesome. And that's not what it is. I just want to tell you the, the, the goodest good deed that the world needs from you. The, really the only good deed that the world needs from you. The, the, the one thing that, that will change our world, the one good deed that you could do, the one thing that you could do that would actually bring hope and help and strength and rebuilding in this moment of history where the world desperately needs it. If there was just one good deed that you could do, really it all comes down to this one thing. One thing that you could do. This is it. Only one thing. Here it is. Be you. Be you, man. Be you, woman. Honestly, you're a masterpiece. God created you on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. Just be you. Be you. Invite God into your life and begin that rebuilding process because what the world needs from you more than anything else is that you would be you, the you that you were created to be because here's the thing. This is the moment. This is the day. It's rebuilding time. Honestly, it's rebuilding time. And it starts inside of me and it starts inside of you. So I just want to take a second as I close right now. And I'll, I'll, I told you earlier that God loves you and that the greatest act of love in human history was Jesus Christ dying on the cross and rising again for you and for me. And so that rebuilding process that starts from the inside and comes outside starts when we accept um, the gift that Jesus purchased for us through his death, death and resurrection. That's it, that, that we move past our past, that we don't carry our sins and our regret and our shame around anymore, but we make a decision that says, man, I'm gonna start today writing beautiful chapters, beautiful chapters, beautiful chapters, chapters of hope and freedom. And it starts with accepting that gift that Jesus bought for you. So if that's you, if today is the day that you wanna begin that process of spiritual rebuilding through the gift of Jesus, Man, I want to pray for you right now. So just, I'm going to pray out loud and I invite you to pray with me. So dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you love me just as I am. And so I just ask you to be my savior, that you would forgive my sins and give me a fresh start. And I invite you to be my Lord too, that you give me the strength to write beautiful chapters from here on out. Strength, hope freedom, rebuilding. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Man, if you just prayed that for the first time, I want to tell you, I'm just so excited. I just love it if you could do one thing for me. Could you just take a second and text the keyword LIFE to 
30, 40. Honestly, this is the beginning of an incredible journey. I am so excited. And look, when you send us your information, we're not gonna stalk you. We're just here to support you. And, and one more thing before I close. I wanna pray for all of us because I've been watching the tendency, the temptation that so many of us have to drift today, that today would be the day that we would start and we would move towards rebuilding. So let me pray for all of us right now, okay? God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that you entrusted us in this incredible moment of history. I pray for every single person right here in the Fraser Valley or across the world. I pray that you would bring them hope so they could share it, that you bring them help so they could share it, that you would bring them strength so they could share it, and that inside of them, inside of me, inside of us, that we could experience your rebuilding so that we can be part of this rebuilding that our world so desperately needs. Thank you, thank you, thank you that, that when we are a blessing, we in turn are blessed, that when we bring strength, that we get stronger. We love you, we trust you. pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. And I am so excited. I'm telling you what, the time is now. This is your moment, man. Like this is your day. Here we go. Here we go. It's rebuilding time. It starts inside of me and it starts inside of you. Do not miss next week. I want to talk a little bit more about how we can take a stand and move towards rebuilding in every area of, your li of our lives. See you next week. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.